Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to episode number 29 of the WP Builds Podcast. My name is Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. And our guest today is a very, very lovely, interesting chap from, um, well, originally from New York, but now um, based elsewhere. Uh, called Jim Galliano. Now, if you follow our podcast, you'll know that Jim has basically been the the most amazing contributor to the comments um, on the podcast episodes. So um, we've got him on because he's a bit of an expert at online marketing. So you'll hear all of that a little bit later. But first of all, some news. The first piece of news is that in the Facebook group this week, we had a bit of a vote on whether to keep the cheesy music. And by a landslide majority, the cheesy music stays. So there, we love the cheesy music. So there's going to be cheesy music at the beginning, where I do all the nonsense talk. And then there's going to be cheesy music at the end. And if you don't like it, you know, cheesy music. We like it. So there we go. Right. Anyway, the next one is um, on the website itself. We I have put a donate box. Now, the reason that I'm mentioning this is I don't want you to this is going to sound all back to front, but here, here you go. Um, I don't want you to feel compelled to use it, but it's there. If you suddenly notice it, um, then, you know, by all means, give me a million dollars. That's fine. You know, completely fine. I'll give half of it to David and, and whatnot. Um, but uh, don't feel the need to use it. I, it. Really, we have no idea how to generate money out of this podcast. So this is this is an attempt to do it. Uh, but anyway, please don't feel compelled. It's, um, it's a thing that we do. And uh, it would be, you know, a thing that we do anyway. Right. Updraft Plus this week have uh, announced and launched a substitute to the CLEF two-factor two authentication plugin. It's called Key, K-E-Y-Y, and it's um, exactly the same as CLEF, essentially. It allows you to point your phone at the screen and get you logged in. CLEF went away very recently. Um, I'll put a note in the show notes, or a link, should I say, in the show notes, and you can find out for yourself. But um, if you are missing CLEF and there's suddenly a big hole in the way that you do things, this might be um, an alternative. Um, often in our group, we've got Peter Lewitt, and he's um, released an article this week called Advanced Custom Fields versus Pods in Combination with Beaver Thema. Certainly an interesting read. I know that there seems to be a debate going on at the moment about ACF toolset and pods, and it would appear that quite a few of the people that um, I'm speaking to anyway are thoroughly exploring pods, and Peter um, is obviously right at the forefront of that. Um, so please go and read his lovely long and detailed article and you can very well make up your mind uh, for yourself, which is your preferred way of getting custom fields. And lastly, if you are a user of something like Flywheel uh, Desktop, whatever it's called, Desktop for Flywheel, um, or similar products which allow you to use your Mac or your PC to develop locally. A new one has come along. Um, it's called Chassis. Again, the notes will be in the, the bottom of the podcast episode footnotes. 
But um, I don't really know what the benefit is from one over the other. Um, but you can go and have a look if this is something that you're interested in. It's yet another variation on the same theme. So yeah, chassis. It describes itself as develop WordPress sites locally with chassis. And then it goes into all sorts of technical details about why you should use it. Okay, so mm, the news is over. Let's move on then to the actual episode itself. So we, we get to meet Jim Galliano who is a, an utterly fantastic guy. Um, we love his accent. We love what he's got to say. He's been in the business for absolutely ages, talks a ton of sense. And um, if you're into online marketing and that's your thing, then this is certainly one to listen, for, listen to. So off we go. Hey, this is really exciting because we've got Jim Galliano with us, who's been a friend of the podcast right from the beginning. How are you, Jim, today? Hey, great. It's great to be here. Finally talking to you guys. I know, I know. Nathan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. We are, in fact, real human beings. I should yeah. say, actually, this goes above and beyond because uh, where I am, it's 10.30 in the morning. Where David is, it's like, I don't know, five in the afternoon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Where Jim is, it's five in the morning. Um, <laughs> actually, it's 5.30 now, so we're not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's nevertheless, it's going above and beyond, which kind of sums you up, really, I think, in my eyes, because every week we produce this nonsense and every week you without fail post a comment so yeah thank you and um, oh i love it you know what this is the only podcast i listen to anymore really what what wow. yeah, really. <laughs> 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 why <laughs> i i just like the normal conversation there's just the flow of the conversation i enjoy it oh. and uh i guess that's basically it mm. and the accent helps i think yes yes yeah. yes yeah uh, see it's mutual love of accents here isn't it because we were just saying when you went and left us alone we were just saying how we loved your accent it gives us some credibility as far as we're concerned <laughs> <laughs> yeah isn't that strange anyway, we've, we've ended up talking about us <laughs> not yes. about you um so yeah jim, jim. we're obviously going to be talking for the next little while maybe it'd be good to sort of paint your story um so in you know in time-honored fashion tell us about yourself <laughs> oh well i guess i'm an old timer in internet terms and and getting there in uh, offline terms but i started online <laughs> back in the uh, mid 90s and back then i wanted to be a publisher i was one of those um kids that like to read books a lot and like to order things get things by mail mail order and so I started a, a booklet publishing business, I'd say around 1997, how-to booklets. So I teach people how to repair their poor credit rating, how to get the best deal on a car. And instead of selling one book at a time or one booklet at a time, I uh, found a few people who were selling booklets in bulk and they were selling them into the education system. So they would sell maybe one or 2,000 booklets at a time. I thought, wow, I'm going to borrow that idea, and I'm going to modify it for what I'm doing. So I just started building websites at the time to promote my uh, other business, this booklet business, and I sold the idea to a local credit union. And so what I did was I interviewed a few uh, car salespeople sharks, and I said, if you were going to rip me off, how would you do it? In other words, how does the average person come in here and buy a car and not get ripped off? So I, I took notes. I wrote the booklet up in a weekend. And in the very last page, I promoted their um, car loan program. And so I printed the booklet out, put the little staples in the side, and brought the actual copy of it in. 
asked to speak with the president who was there at the time. It just so happened that they were already starting to talk to me about building a new website for their credit union. And so I sold, I think my first sale was about 1,200 booklets. Huh. And so that's what's really got the, the ball rolling for that. Unfortunately, as you know, the year went on, I start to see that people aren't reading physical booklets as much. And at paper and ink was starting to really take it on the chin from online publishing. Even back then, people were selling these PDF books instead. And so what I did was I created a course on how I did it. <laughs> and, I, and I sold them. I mean, I sold them all over the world. And that was my introduction into selling and creating courses. Well, I sold so many of them. I built a mailing list. from. I went from like zero to about... 1300 people within 12 months and some of those people are still with me today um but anyway that was that was the booklet stage of my online career from there i went to um uh, you know pdf book publishing and then right around 2002 i had a, a client he had the world's largest soccer newsletter and I partnered with somebody else who had the server, who had the hardware. And I was sending out half a million emails a month for him. Nice. And he had a newsletter for every position on the field, plus trainers, coaches. He wound up selling the whole business about uh, five years ago. So I had him for quite a few years. And, you know, being connected to all these people, I was, as uh, Nathan was saying earlier, Instead of just focusing on one thing, I just started migrating from one idea to the other. Uh, I tried different things because I looked at the internet at the time that is that the little guy, just the person sitting in an apartment somewhere, could take an idea, put a website together, and basically do almost anything. And the difference between that time and the time we're now is the internet is more corporatized today. Mm -hmm. In other words, there were no real gatekeepers back then at the time. If you want to get your message out, you could do it organically. But today, it's it's a little bit different. I don't say that as a negative. I'm just saying that if there was a time to be scattered, it it was then, not now. Right. But it, in 2002, I got into the publicity side of things because the same guy who had the soccer newsletter, he went back to, his I think, his 25th high school reunion or something like that. And his girlfriend at the time was now a campaign manager. And she was managing a guy named Mark Sanford who was running for governor of South Carolina. And she said, we, you know, we just have this email list that's huge and we need help getting our message out throughout the state. Do you know anybody who's reliable? And he recommended me. So the next thing I know, I have this guy who's running for governor as a client of mine using my system. Well, a month into this project, I get contacted by a senator from the same state. He heard that I was helping him and he wanted help too. And so that's how I got, got into the publicity business. In 2002, <laughs> he uh, defeated the incumbent governor to become the new governor of South Carolina. And it was like a thrill, it was like I won at the time. <laughs> And so I grew a publicity list 
with uh, newspapers, magazines, television stations all across the country, all 50 states, plus like CNN, HBO, um, all of the top stations here in the U.S. And I did that from 2002 until, I would say heavily until about 2010. And during this time, I'm still building websites locally for doctors, lawyers, dentists, spas, restaurants. But I'm not really focusing on that because I'm focusing on this. I'm all over the world now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Why do I have to focus on what's happening here in the backyard? But what I didn't realize at the time was that was the low-hanging fruit. And... To tell you that I didn't start actually actively marketing myself locally until just a few years ago because the business just kept coming through referrals. Mm. Jim, I've got a question. What's a, what's, an av- what's a good day for you look like? What are you going to do? So what do you do in the morning, afternoon, and, and evening if you work in the evenings on a good day? <laughs> not a whole lot um <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me everything is is uh like a machine now at, at this point yeah. um i just i'll get up in the morning i'll check my emails see what's new what's going on uh, i'll do some site updates if we have a site build going on uh, i work with a another developer and a graphic artist uh, if i want to do the work myself i can if i don't have another project going on and um, and and that's basically about it. I, I spent quite a bit of time on keeping up with education on what's new, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> that's it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty decent day. Yeah, it sounds like complain. a good day to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you sound like you um, <clears throat> kind of fell fell from one thing to another. It, what I mean by that is it, you sort of fell into the things as they. They, they kind of they knocked evolved. Down my door. Yeah, they kind of evolved themselves into your life. Would that be true, or did did, did you actually? Are, are you um, being a little bit disingenuous? Are you a bit more focused than that? Or that's a really good question. Um, that would be one for the couch, I think. When the, when the a psychiatrist <laughs> would have to talk to me about that. Tell me about I, your father. I mean, if it, it feels like um, the doors that I knocked on cracked open, but the door. When my door was knocked on, it was always a really good opportunity. Mm. It, it, it seems like uh, most of the success uh, was out of my control. I hate to put it that way, but I've broken just about every rule you could break when it comes to... Uh, I tried focusing on a niche, mm. and that didn't seem to work too well. Um, when I had a broad focus, it seemed to work re- really well. So... Uh, I I basically fell forward um, in that respect. Now, on on the downside, uh, once 2008 came, that changed everything because the websites were becoming more complex. CMSs were starting to assert themselves, and I thought, okay, now what am I going to do? Am I going to learn Joomla or Drupal or possibly even this WordPress? And and WordPress was kind of like a – it was the easiest and so I, I went with I, I put my money on WordPress uh, more for myself because I thought, well, I hope this one takes off because I just can't picture investing the time and the energy into learning 
uh, Joomla. I, it was just a little, little bit frustrating to me mm. uh, as an understatement. But um, that's when I got started. And I think it was I, I built WordPress sites by myself until about 2013. And that's when I took on uh, another developer and an artist simply because you can only learn so much. And the older you get, you start to realize um, the time that I invest, I have to have the best possible return now because, um, you know, there's only so much game uh, on the field. And, <laughs> That's nicely put. And, and, and my, my dad always said to me, this is the question he asked. I would sit down and I would tell him kind of like what I was telling you, but it would be about my day. And he would look at me and he would say, so how much money did you make? <laughs> it used to annoy me hearing that question over and over. You don't understand. I have this, like, I'm doing this and this and that. Well, that's good and everything, but let me know how much you make at the end of the day. And so now I understand why he thought that way because all of the projects and the fun, I mean, it's all great. I love it. And uh, But at the end of the day, you have to look at it and say, okay, where am I going to get the best return on this investment of time? Because you really don't realize how much time you're spending until, you know, you have a, a woman or two around you saying, oh, you're, you're online all the time or, oh, you're still online or, you know, why don't you come and watch a movie or something? <laughs> That's when you realize what your time <laughs> investment really is. <laughs> um, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it sounds like you've um, you've had a, a great deal of well, I, I'm going to use the word luck advisedly. It sounds like that's what you're implying. You know, some of the the broad things that you went for worked out, which was brilliant, and some of the niches that you tried to you know hunker down on didn't work out. And and the space that you're in, this marketing space, it feels like there's an awful lot of frustration. There are a huge amount of people. I mean, really, millions of people trying to make a living out of this and the way you're telling it uh it, it it just sort of sounds like you've sort of breezed through it all and it's been very straightforward but i'm guessing that along the way you must have had failure and disappointment and things where you've you know maybe even got close to the edge and worried about the that the the return on your investment is there any of that you'd like to share uh yeah i um had a car dealerships as clients moving into that realm in, around 2002, I would say, is when I started to acquire some car dealerships. And with a car dealership, you can sell the same service that you're selling, let's say, to a restaurant at 10 times the profit. And that's just the way it is. If you don't bill that way, they won't even take you seriously. So that's what I did. I created a, a program for their service department that basically told them, or the client when their next oil change was due, uh, when their next um, all warranty type things, mm -hmm. when their issues were, uh -huh. you know, they should bring the car back in. And so I sold that that system to them, and I I made it myself, and it started going really good. Matter of fact, it started going so good that I basically stopped working. I just let let that system do its thing, and I took two years to just skate through life basically doing whatever I wanted to do with my day, which was not a whole lot. I played video games. I mean, it was just a crazy period of time. <laughs> and then 
the economy crashed and I lost all of those, all of that money, like almost overnight. Oh, and it was, so, it was so bad at the time. And I, for some reason, it didn't click to what was happening at the time. I just figured, oh, everything will be all right, you know. And uh, a few of my friends were in a, in a good position <laughs> as, as well, and they weren't waking up either. We all kind of woke up around the same time. And uh, we basically, I was in a position where I had to st- almost start over again. Mm. Because even though I had a lot of my local clients, I was living up to the level that the car dealership afforded me mm. with that type with that type of product and we were going to sell it to Chrysler the other, the guy came up to me and he said I'll I'll uh, he had four dealerships at the time and he said I'll take you to the uh, you know to the Chrysler headquarters and we'll sell this to the entire corporation if you want and I thought he said I just you know we need to work out how much I'm going to get. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm an Italian family from New Jersey. I can, I can handle that. We'll work something out. <laughs> and, uh, and then the next thing I know, you know, the, the sink is draining and oh. I'm circling the drain. And I thought, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now on a nice note, I never had children. Uh, uh-huh. you know, so I didn't have to worry about them, but it really doesn't matter. It's all, it's all in the scope. I guess, I mean, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It wouldn't, would have been even worse. Yeah. I but, understand. um, yeah. Do, do you, you know, um, is your, do, did you take a lesson out of that sort of like to spread yourself thinner, you know, to have a, a slew of different projects going on at the same time or just to sort of hunker down on one thing and get really good at that. So what what did you get out of that? How did you crawl out of that hole, and and where 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 did you go from there? Well, it was it was very very slow at first, and um, my my savings and everything went down to about a um, hundred dollars in the bank <laughs> left. <laughs> um, so you know you drive. I'm driving around in a Corvette with a hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> in the bank, and. Um, uh, I just really had to do some soul searching and it got down literally on my knees and prayed and asked God for help and guidance and everything I could think of. I didn't let the rest of my family know what was happening at the time because I didn't want them to worry about me. And I, I know a lot of, a lot of people think that way, but, um, on the other side, your family's there. That's, you know, those are the people that you should be able to rely on. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about money wise, but at least let them know if you're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they can see it on your face, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I started getting new clients from a diversity of areas. And I, I don't know how it happened. I can't say that I started doing this and that happened. Um, but I started getting new clients a little bit at a time. And they were in different fields. I think of it, if you think about a ship, you know those old ships that you see on TV with many sails on them, like the pirate ships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My ship before that time was like one giant sail and a lot of little sails. And when that big sail broke or tore, my ship came to a stop. So I'm looking at it now where I have many different many different sails powering my forward progress. <clears throat> and so that's one of the reasons why Okay, if I can't dig in on a, on a particular niche or in a particular market, then I'm going to test 
whatever's available to me. I'll knock on whatever door is in front of me. When it's opened, I'll go through and I'll see what happens. If something good happens, then I'll give my attention to that. And then I just make my adjustments from there. So where I wound up was today I have a variety of different types of clients. And it's helped me because I, I can see the economy now from different angles, from different markets. I can see similarities. And I can borrow techniques that are used in one market and use it in another. So it's different and it has a different effect. And what really helped me, let me just throw this in here, was in 2012, I was contacted by a man named Jim Straw. He was an old-time mail-order millionaire from the 70s. And he wanted to partner with me because he knew that I understood publicity with the media, how that part worked. And so we worked together from 2009 until 2012 when he died. He passed away. Um, and that he gave me the understanding that I didn't have of direct marketing and how that works. And so now this current version of Jim Galliano, I guess you'd call me 4.0 at this point. <laughs> okay. If somebody signs up for something on my website, I will actually take that email address, contact them directly using my real email and say, hey, thanks a lot for um, subscribing um, this is this isn't a formula. This is really me. I just want to let you know I'm a real person, and if you have any questions or anything you, you'd like help with, don't feel shy. Go ahead and and ask. And almost nobody does that. No, they and don't. And so that's no. enabled me to build additional and and secure additional clients now. And that's where I am today. I love your uh, your sort of. Um comparing yourself to a ship with lots of sails <laughs> and the big sail. Now, if you just came up with that off the cuff, that's genius. <laughs> that's just <laughs> wonderful. When you were when you were saying that, I, I had a slightly different thing in my head. We, we in England, uh, when I was a child, we had a thing called a weeble, and it was, a, it was like an egg-shaped toy with a face on it, and it doesn't matter what you did to it. It doesn't matter where you threw it, how hard you pushed it, no matter where you put it, it would always put itself the right way up. And so the motto was Weebles, Weebles wobble, but they don't fall I, down. <laughs> I, I, you know, I remember that as you were telling this story, I was just thinking, because I'm looking at the picture of both of you, I'm thinking, I think the reason why I enjoy your podcast so much is because both of you remind me of me huh. insofar <laughs> as I'm just a regular person like you are. I just try, I'm trying different things, talking about, you know, the, let's see what we can do with this and that. This is the same thing that that basically both of you are doing, yeah, and that you're doing together in this podcast. Mm. Thanks, Ooh. Jim. Can I ask you a bit about your your publications, your online magazines, mycookingmagazine.com, theboxingmagazine.com, and onlinementormagazine.com? They sound really interesting. These are WordPress sites, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. How do they come about? Uh, my grandfather was a boxing trainer. He's in the mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. He worked with uh, the heavyweight champion of the world named Jersey Joe Walcott and a few other world champions. And I was the only person in the family that had an interest in what he did. And so I immersed myself in the subject of boxing. And after he passed away, I inherited all of his magazines. 
So I wanted to have a boxing magazine of my own. So I put together this site. I used a theme from Elegant Themes. And there's uh-huh. six writers on the site, I believe. Five of them are me. <laughs> so, <another guy. laughs> so I was just writing about the topic because I loved it. And I got involved in this forum where the people talking about boxing. Well, the next thing you know, and I know this sounds crazy like this thing's just happened. This is just how it happens for me. I get a call from the Wall Street Journal. They saw my website. And they wanted to interview me about a fighter who was making a comeback. And so that's how I got my interview with the Wall Street Journal. If you see that I have their logo on my site. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with CBS News in New York. Uh, a few years ago, they called me and they wanted to do an interview with me about a, a fighter. So that's what happened. Now, I didn't make any real money from the boxing magazine except for selling ad space mm. to book publishers. But... Around the same time that I started that, a local PR person who has a, a show on TV, with, she's like a foodie, a local foodie person. I don't know if that's what they call them there. Yeah, but yeah. So she asked if I wanted to uh, you know, partner. How would you like to partner with us? And uh, I did. It was uh, herself, uh, me, and an editor. And it's great to have an editor on board, a real editor. Um, we also had contributors uh, from other writers in other states to this uh, particular online magazine. So it went great. I mean, it's great because with the other one, I was writing uh, probably about two articles a month under different names. And uh, with this one, I didn't have to do any writing at all. Cool. One of the um, one of the things that I've always found that that meant that I I don't think I don't think being a marketer w- will ever be something that I'll be good at, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, not very good, is because I, I'm i kind of reluctant to do things unless I'm personally very, very interested in them. Um, so you were talking about the boxing just then and how, how you were, you you know, your, your grandfather was really into it, so it got you into it. And then you, you said, you know, that you were really, really keen on it and whatnot. Do you find that when you're exploring these other niches, do you literally go at anything, whether it interests you or not, on a personal level? You know, if, if, if it wasn't something you were looking for work about, would you be bothered about it? Or do you care? Do you Will you get stuck into anything no matter what it's to do with? I have to have an interest in it, honestly. Mm. Um, if I don't, I have a very short attention span. And as, as soon as the going gets a little rough, which is inevitably does somehow, some way, um, things slow down or there's technical problems, then I don't want to really be bothered with it too much anymore. So I've learned over time to take the different interests that I've uh, accumulated over the years and start to put them under a singular umbrella. So in other words, if you came to me today and I'm, I'm communicating with you as a, as a consultant, you can say marketing consultant or online consultant, whatever definition you want to give it, then I'm able to draw from these different areas the pieces that would benefit you as an individual the most. So I'm actually kind of an introvert hmm. in in real life. <laughs> so I would say that what, what you were saying about not being a marketer, um, the, the fisherman holding the pole is not the fish on the end of the line. He's just holding the pole, and that's the way I look at the marketing. I put the information out there, but there's kind of a disconnect after that, mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. And I'm not 
taking the blame for it not selling or I'm trying not to take the credit for it when it does sell. I just kind of look at it like this is the way the system works. You put the seed in the ground, you cover it, you put some water on it. If it grows, it grows. If not, then you make your adjustments and you move on from there. So the marketing part is just sharing the information that you have available the best that you can and let the chips fall where they may. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I think that's a really that's a really commendable approach. That fits with me very nicely. I guess the, the, the reason that you're good at it and that I'm not in that case is because basically I'm really boring um, and I'm not really interested <laughs> in that many things. <laughs> <laughs> so my my subject matter sort of stretches as far as the internet and websites and that's it you know so if somebody was to talk to me about boxing i'm like oh, i don't know i don't know <laughs> well i mean everybody has the way i look at it is everybody needs to become the best version of them yeah because you really can't walk in somebody else's style or or um model them you know the whole idea of modeling it's great in theory, but when it comes to practice, you, you're still going to be you. You just yeah. you, you try to be the best version of you. Yeah, yeah. And What's worked for me is what works for me is overcoming my oppressive thoughts and emotions. Jim will know this. <laughs> I just wanted to move <laughs> on to his <laughs> Amazon books. I'm fascinated by the Amazon books you've got there because actually three of those titles are, are kind of along those lines, aren't they? They're about, you know, um, getting the best out of life. So I just wondered what fueled those. Oh, what fueled those was uh, when I started out in the real world as an adult, I was with uh, Christian organizations uh, uh -huh. Nonprofits from the beginning. That's how I got my start of of everything. Was working with people like that, and that's what gave me the the mindset, I guess, that I have today. Um, I started working out with a uh, working for a church organization at the age of twenty, and then stayed with as a nonprofit consultant for years after that because um, churches and nonprofits they have like the minimal budget to work with. So when they want to get their message out there. You've got to really um, use everything at your disposal as far as like organic marketing goes or, you know, low budget marketing. And that, that was a perfect fit for me because I didn't have any budget to speak of for <laughs> quite some time. Cool. Yeah. I, I, is that something you'll continue to do? Do you think you'll write more books and, and publish them on Amazon or was that? Do you think well, no, I've published it? books for years under different names. Uh -huh. I just decided to put those under my name. Um, and it was fun to do. Um, yes. Yeah, eventually I'll write some more. Uh, but though, the, the thing about the marketing, um, I really don't enjoy the topic as much as I enjoy the result. Mm -hmm. Because there's just so much information out there. And, and it's, you know, you hear the same thing over and over again in different words. So... I know that if I write something, I want it to be evergreen, which means if somebody reads it a decade from now. And so yeah. that leaves a lot of things out, you know. And if I write a book on content marketing and then 12 months from now it's obsolete, that kind of um, – I kind of feel like I just spun my wheels with that. Mm. It, you must <clears> – I've never sat down and written anything of great length. You know, I struggle to knock out the show notes for this these episodes, which is about <laughs> 600 characters or something like that. 
Do you do you sort of like sit down, take yourself away from somewhere when you write a book? How on earth do you? Ma- I suppose having no kids is a good is a good start there, isn't it? Um, how do you manage your time with all that? How do you keep going till the end? Um, well, I write like I speak, so all I do is I sit down and I write four general topics quickly uh, that, about that book, what it's going to be about. I write a few subtopic ideas under those four topics mm. and then i just go back and fill in the blanks mm. it's, a t- it's a template i use for everything i, I have and uh, yeah go ahead no no i was just going to say I'd, i would love to get to the end of my life and be able to point to a book and say i did that i i just i just don't have the tenacity um to sort of keep going i've you know there's there's lovely there's lots of seeds in my head where i think oh that could turn into something but never quite get there you've got to be a certain personality type i think or, or at least I'd be able to adapt to that personality type that can sit there like i said to you before this call started i am a i flit from this to that and this to that and never quite settle to anything so congratulations for getting books done that's amazing <laughs> well you know there's a um the pluses to that is that you'll notice things that other people won't yeah yeah simply because you're looking yeah. you can't help but look so that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, it is. That's a that is a good point. You know, every personality brings something to the table, don't they? And me constantly flitting around does mean that I'm kind of a. I, I do tend to be a, uh, aware of the, the sort of the latest shiny new thing, which has its own benefits, I suppose. I have an, I have another question. the The landscape of what you do, you know, starting back in 1998 and beyond must you know this is pre-internet really um not massive adoption anyway so we've had what 20 years more or less of your life online um and the landscape's changed immeasurably during that time is there looking back anything that you would let's say that my children were coming to you and they wanted advice to start in the internet and potentially marketing and you know selling products online that kind of thing where would you where would you advise them to go and what would you advise them to do as of as of now 2017 well the first thing i would do is i would sit with them and analyze what their strengths are if they can't write and they don't enjoy um you know focusing on on the text written word then we would rule that out um if they enjoyed conversation then I would lean more towards podcasting in that way of uh, creating content or video, whatever, mm. or a combination. And once we had that uh, decided, then I, I would honestly try to uh, encourage them to consider building a personal brand. Hmm. Because a personal brand, you can uh, change over time and you can adapt it. You can create your own story and other people will follow it. Mm. It's just, just the nature of how people are. And that way, as things change or their interests change, they'll be able to bring people along with them for that for that ride. Because if you're going to build a company today, realize that you're going to be competing against people who are doing nothing but that one thing mm. 24-7. Mm. And if you want to develop and, and, and grow that company, then you're going to have to use what I call other people's money. And so basically, you're going into the corporate door from the back end. So it used to be you can go to college, you get out, you get a good job. You work for a corporation, you retire, and you get a pension. But now that, that, it, that's gone. Those days are over. Maybe a few people will go through that, but the percentage is so low. So you're looking at 
putting the responsibility for your life going forward on on you, mm-hmm. on your skill set, on your decisions. So you're going to have to learn how to package yourself because nobody else is going to do it mm-hmm. do it for you. And the one thing I ne- didn't tell you guys in the beginning was. Um, I actually built another brand beside myself when I started this because I didn't know if people would take to my message or not. I didn't know if my personality was right to get the job done. And so what I did was my grandfather is in the Boxing Hall of Fame under the name Jimmy Krug, K-R-U-G. So I adopted that name, and that's what I became popular as. You'll never see him and I in the room at the same time together. (laughs) (laughs) And so recently I decided to... Hey, you know what? Maybe I should focus more on my own and leave uh, my Jimmy Krug in in uh, in that other niche over there. So, <laughs> I, I look at the, this personal branding thing today as not just a good idea, but almost as a necessity. If you want to be an entrepreneur or a small business type of business, and not go the route where Okay, you're going to have a lot of outsourcers. You're going to create an agency. You're going to have one person. Because I did the agency life right out of college. I know what it's like, you know, in in a successful one. I didn't want that. If I was going to do that, I'd rather just go and work for somebody else because the headache that goes with that is enormous. Mm -hmm. You're managing large projects and large budgets. And my personality, uh, like uh, Nathan's, right, you got to – you can't be looking, you know, over there. You know, you got to be focused <laughs> over here. Yeah, I'm not going to be good at that. <laughs> and so I would, I would suggest if a young person is starting out, or anybody really, if you want to reinvent yourself, consider doing it around the the personal brand model instead. It, uh, there's a lot of people saying exactly that, isn't there? I mean, the the one person who comes to mind, um, his name I've now completely forgotten. He runs the wine library TV thing. I know who you mean. Who is he? Gary. Gary um, Vaynerchuk. That's it. Yeah. He he talks about that a lot, doesn't he? Um, making your personality, your your personal brand, the sort of center of everything. Um, I guess I've never my, my, listened to him. Do you like him? Um, yeah. I like what he says. Um, I <laughs> I shouldn't say what I'm about to say. You know, it's just a personality clash. He's very um, he's very forthright and very uh, loud and agitating. Yeah, quite. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> but he's also you know it, it. He's just he's just alert all the time and he's he's very clever. <laughs> and people like that uh, people like that uh, just worry me. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, but that that aside. Um, sorry, Gary Vaynerchuk. Have you ever listened to this? Which of course you won't. So it doesn't matter. Um, the, the the thing I worry about all that is that it, it all gets diluted, and in the end, we've got seven billion people all talking about themselves and their own brand, and and I wonder if that in the end will wear itself thin as well, and then we'll have to come up with something new um, to replace that. It's not really. I know it sounds like we're talking about a business model, but again, I go back to that statement of being the best you you can be. Mm. People will always do business with those they know, like, and trust. So even if we took the word branding and threw it out and just used another word, a synonym of some type, and, and we just, we're just we just saying that it's your name on the billboard. So people know David Walmsley or Nathan Wrigley or Jim Galliano. And then they find out afterwards, oh, you're the person who owns you know ABC Inc. or XYZ Developers. 
our name is recognized before the business name because we're the person that shakes hands with them. We're the person that they can call us if they need a question answered directly. That's what really what I mean by the, the personal yeah. brand. Yeah. You, you, David, you're, that kind of is something you're exploring, isn't it, with your, I guess, your Beaver Junction thing and DavidWormsley.com and all of that kind yeah. of stuff? I guess the only reason I'm, you know, doing this and, and doing some of the videos is, is that idea to put some personality behind the thing that I do um, just to make that sort of personal connection. I think that's the change these days. Everybody expects it. I, I think I read some figure about 70% of people now only trust businesses where their CEO is on Twitter and accessible, you know, that kind of thing. I think people expect that if they're going to buy products from somebody that there's a natural real person behind that product, you know, and it's just a complete switch, isn't it, from the pushing messages out type advertising approach of the sort of 70s and 80s. Yes. Do you, um, you see, to me, Twitter is a bit of an alien thing, but my daughter um, and her era and probably people, you know, below a certain threshold, that sort of stuff's really crucial and key. And, And what David just said then about, you know, CEOs and, the expectation that they're online it, it doesn't really occur to me that, that that that's a thing that i need to be worrying about but i'm, I'm sure you're absolutely right it's just I, I probably need to spend more time thinking about marketing um and, and worrying about those little details but i never do yeah well look at Apple. this podcast is yeah. it I yeah mean, do you know it's, it's both of you it's really interesting that because um the podcast it, it was kind of an had was it organic david did did we begin this with any intention of it becoming a thing or i think we just sort of started so that we could natter a bit really maybe that's yeah. disingenuous i can't remember yeah but it was largely that it's just the fact that we you know i mean we want to put ourselves out a little bit out there just yeah. so we've got something which which gives some kudos to what we do you know and but yeah we were quite happy to settle with it being a natter and a few people listening in so we didn't have expectations no. at all and it's going to mm. become a, a real puzzle to us i think at, at what point do we like we talked for a little while about putting advertising on and things like that and we've done nothing about it and then we talked about updating it so that it was maybe had a bit more personality and a bit more bit more of us in it and we never did it and we just never managed to do these things but uh yeah you're right um Jim I'm sure you're right in the back of our minds undoubtedly was the personal branding aspect um and I think I think the the podcast does suit me because I can talk forever um, and the advice that you would have given to my child, uh, who you know isn't a, a great writer, um, to do podcasting or video, yeah, that's a really that's really powerful stuff. Maybe in the future I'll have to sit them down and get them on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, if somebody is going to interview you for a job, and you're a younger person, if they saw or listened to your podcast or watched one of your videos, they would get a a better impression of you when they were finished. Then they might, if you were sitting across the desk from them and they were looking at a resume saying, okay, so, you know what I'm saying? Because Mm. people still do business with people and they want to work with people they feel comfortable with. And so, I mean, David won the award in the Beaver Group. Was that last year already? Yeah, it's, yeah 2016. Oh, I'll be milking this one for five years now. <laughs> yeah. Small Don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> I, Haven't you heard about me? 
that's successful personal branding. Everybody knows who Nathan is, you know, from the podcast. So you really, you know, you're, you're doing all the things that people tell you you should be doing. Yeah. It's interesting. The only thing that you haven't done is put something for sale. Oh, yes. I'm going to, maybe I'll sell David. (laughs) (laughs) Well, David can sell me. I think I'll, I think I'll raise less. Do an auction. (laughs) See who gets more. Um, Yeah, a really, really interesting chat. You're right. I think there must have been some, undoubtedly there was some element of of marketing. I think for me, looking back on it, what I wanted to do was probably just gain a bit of kudos so that if somebody was to come to my business website, they would then potentially see a link to this podcast and go away and think, actually, kudos was entirely the wrong word. I think the word I want is credibility. Um, uh-huh. Just sort of think. Actually, do you know what? They're they're in this space. They're putting content out on a weekly basis. They're they're committed. They're credible. Let let's go with them as opposed to you know another rival of mine, if you like, who hasn't filled out a blog post in years, uh, but is much better <laughs> than I am at building websites. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there we go. David, do you have anything else you wish to ask? Jim, do you have anything else you wish to say? Right. I do with Jim. I'm taking him back a little bit on his Amazon Go books ahead. as well because I've got a friend of mine. Well, I guess somebody I stalk really, a blogger, but I've met him a couple of times, so I class him as a friend. But uh, he he's really big on that this year everybody should be writing a book and publishing to Amazon because it does so much for their business. Do you kind of agree with that? Now, can I just tell you a bit about him? He, he makes sure that his books are as short as they need to be and they have a great title, so they sell well. <laughs> and he does quite well out of them. But do you think that's a, a good route for people? Absolutely. If you can do it, there's no reason not to. Keep the book short because people have short attention spans. Um, make sure you have a nice-looking cover. I don't design any of my covers myself. Um, I just have somebody on Fiverr do them, actually. Um, okay. I could if I wanted to. but So if he can put a good cover together, that's great. Or I would suggest that to anybody else. Um, and absolutely, but I think you need at least three books now Hmm. because if you do one, I mean, it's better than none, but if you have three, it really looks like, you know, about that topic. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. David, is this a secret plan you're hatching? No, no, I'm just I'm just listening to him. I mean, he's done well. I mean, he's got himself on the, the bestsellers list, which I think is a, it's quite easy to do. He has a format to this, and maybe Jim's aware of this. He, I think he follows a guy called uh, Stephen Stone. I could have got the name wrong, but uh, he has a format where he puts his book out for free initially, and he puts them around all the different Facebook groups to let them review them. So he gets some reviews in before he puts it out on uh, a low cost and that. And uh, yeah, it's really fascinating. And I thought as Jim's in the same sort of uh, business, I just thought, yeah. I'd, it well, maybe you know, I had. I had two podcasts, and and I'm getting ready to reboot one again, and that would be another good place to promote a book, I think, because you get a lot of people in iTunes who are listening, and it, as long as you use something like Pretty Links so that you make a, an easy-to-remember link um, for people that don't look at show notes, you could always say, uh, you know, go to www.whatever, and the latest book that I've released is on sale this week for 99 cents or however you want to do it. That would be a good way to get out in front of a lot of people who are mm. listeners. I, I, I feel a book coming on. Yeah. I, 
I could see you doing it. I, I, no, no. <laughs> I once decided with a friend of mine that we were going to write a book called How Not to Start Stuff. And then, <laughs> then we both realised, yeah, page one, blank, and then the rest of the book is blank. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to produce, How Not to Start Stuff, a 96-page notebook. <laughs> well, somebody transcribed our talk today. They would have a nice thick book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and that's why I suggested, uh, I think it was in the thread we were speaking at once, Dragon Naturally Speaking. Yeah. You can just dictate mm. the entire book. And then if you have a nice big bookshelf, you just look at the titles on the shelf for some extra inspiration because the titles are always hard. Yes. Yes. Isn't that funny? The book's <laughs> easier to write than the title. <laughs> Oh, but it's fascinating, isn't it? With publishing, though, these days with Amazon, you can put your links in to the PDF that they download back to your site. So you can, you know, that's it doesn't yeah, stand I do alone, everything, the book. Everything in Word, type it all out. I use a simple template. You upload it along with your artwork. And you can create the table of contents right within Word so that it's all clickable. Yeah. And then just you just have to remember that if you have three or four books that you update other books available on the last page so that they can buy them from within that book. Okay. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you yep. store all the alterable links, if you like, in, in one spot at the front or at the back or something like that. Right. The, so you just make yeah. a file in a separate Word document maybe, and you have all the books with the links. So you just cut and paste that into all the books so you can update them all easily as you add new titles to your your uh, repertoire, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to write a book about lion taming. That's the future for me. <laughs> That's <laughs> None of this WordPress nonsense for me anymore. It's lion taming all the way from now on. This has been fascinating. We've um, we've clocked up quite a lot of minutes, actually. So I, I think unless there's anything that anybody's desperately wanting to say, we should probably uh, knock it on the head. Jim and David, anything? Ah. No, oh, I think we've got to wind down. We must have yeah. more to talk about. We'll we'll catch up with Jim on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been really interesting. Gen genuinely, really interesting. I love your story. I love your um, approach to life. You seem very uh, effusive and positive and full of the joys of spring and and whatnot. And um, and it's yeah, genuine, genuinely interesting story. I think it's the first time that we've had such a story. But I've I've enjoyed every every last moment of it. So is well, there thanks. anywhere I, you would I like me to... Sorry, could you speak? I, I appreciate the uh, the time to be here. I, I mean, when the first time we talked about it, the clocks were different. So it would have been four o'clock. Uh, and I remember thinking, well, you know, that's not going to happen. No. We, <laughs> the clocks changed. We, we very deliberately I, waited um, until I, the time I of year had <laughs> come around. I appreciate you waiting. <laughs> um, is there anywhere that you would like to mention where we could find you um, at your very best online? Jim. Okay. Um, if you just go to my, my personal site, jimgaliano.com, that's Jim, G-A-L-I-A-N-O, you can sign up for a little course I have there. There are audios, and you'll get my style as far as my approach to marketing and see if it's a good fit for you or not. Mm. If it is, then we're a good connection. If not, well, that's okay. There's like a million and one other people's uh, marketing out there, so... Yeah. If you don't like Jim's marketing, go to wpbuilds.com forward slash lion taming and download the lion taming. <laughs> I'm going to have to make that now. <laughs> OK, that's brilliant. I really enjoyed that. So um, we will 
We will speak to you all next week. I'm going to fade in the cheesy music. Um, I have been Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk. And I've been David Wormsey from davidwormsey.com. I was just sort of occurring to me, Dave, we sound a bit like the two yeah, Ronnies, we... don't we? <laughs> we do. This is. <laughs> and it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> right, it's cheesy. Always... Go on, you speak. No, I was just going to say, this bit is always so awkward getting out of here. Yeah, so yeah. we just better just say bye, bye, bye. Che- cheesy, cheesy, cheesy music coming in. And goodbye. Bye. <laughs>